Hey, today we're talking about, uh, we're in the middle of a series called Foolproof, and we're looking at the Proverbs, and I love Proverbs mostly because it's 3,000 years old, 3,000 year old wisdom that still applies. Something that's written that long ago, and you read it, I read part of the Proverbs nearly every day, and there, there are hardly any days I don't read it and go, oh yeah, that, that's, that's for today, that makes sense today. I, I love the Proverbs, and so... Today we're talking about how to tame our tempers. Now, I know this won't apply to anybody in this room. None of us ever lose our cool, but we know people. And so, hopefully this will be beneficial for you uh, who have friends who sometimes maybe lose their cool a little bit. Uh, I read an article this week about some prisoners. Do you know that there are 39,000 lawsuits a year from prisoners complaining about stuff that happens in prison? It's really important things, like they filed a complaint this last year because they were served chunky peanut butter instead of smooth peanut butter, and so, you know, that's really something to complain about. Um, Mail was delivered during their naps, and so some of them didn't like that, and then there was one guy that complained because he was forced to listen to country music, which, you know, kind of makes sense. Now, some of that seems petty, but I don't know about you, but I I get frustrated sometimes, sometimes. the other day I was driving, I think it was when we were going to Kentucky, and you know that stretch of road, the, the gullies between uh, Asheville and Knoxville, it's all curvy, and, and on that curvy road there was a sign that said, you know, right lane closed in two miles, which means everybody's getting over to the left lane. So we all get in the left lane and we're moving like snails, and except the people that are in the right lane zipping up. Does that annoy anybody else? I tell you what annoys me about that, not so much there are people trying to get in up there, it's that somebody lets them in. Whoever's letting them in, we should make them wait till they move the cones. Uh, that's kind of that's where I am. Now, here's what Proverbs says about that attitude. Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. I mean, the Bible talks about this stuff and stuff like this all the time, about our patience and our temper and all those kinds of things. And you all know, may know this story, but Alexander the Great was a conqueror of cities. He was powerful. He was conqueror of nations. I mean, Alexander the Great, they don't put the moniker the Great on your name unless you're pretty stinking powerful. And that's what this whole verse could be about him. And Alexander the Great, had a, he had a boyhood friend a childhood friend who was also a commander in his army. And his name was Cletus. Isn't that great? Uh, he was from South Carolina, evidently. And uh, Alexander the Great and Cletus go way back, and they, were, uh, they had had a victory, and they were celebrating with alcohol, and they had gotten intoxicated, and Cletus said something that Alexander didn't like. And Alexander, from across the room, took a spear and threw it at him. And I think the intention was to just scare him, but he hit him and killed him. And uh, he could conquer cities and nations, and he was great as a conqueror and as a leader, but he wasn't great in controlling his own temper. And so this applies, I think, to most of us. I live with a woman who I have really hardly ever seen get mad but even Miriam has, there's a, a point. And so for me, it's not that my, my getting mad uh, level, it doesn't take as long. But 
I think we all have a level where we get to and we need to know how to control ourselves. And the cool thing about Proverbs is it gives us instruction on this. So let's talk about what do we do if we want to tame our temper. Well, I'm going to give you three things today. The first one is you consider the consequences because there are intended consequences and there are unintended consequences. And Proverbs 29, 22 says, An angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin. It was Will Rogers who said, A person that flies off the handle rarely has a good landing. And when we fly off the handle, we, we lose not just our temper, but... We can lose relationships, you can lose jobs. You read about this, don't you, where somebody tweets something or posts something on Facebook in a fit of anger, and when they do that, somebody reads it and somebody takes it wrong, and before you know it, you're in trouble. I have a police officer friend, and I ask him, what's the most difficult, what's the most scary uh, calls that you respond to? And he said, without question, it's uh, domestic disputes. Those are always scariest. He said, you just don't know. When family members fight, you never know where it's going to go. He said the ugliest ones are between husbands and wives. The dangerous ones are between brothers. Because men have a tendency to bow up and they want to show out. And, and that's, he said that's extremely dangerous. And Solomon even says something about this 3,000 years ago. The fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing worthwhile left. James Dobson, you might know that name, is a Christian psychologist and has written several books, had a radio show for a long time. He's retired now, but he did a survey one time in one of his books and he asked the question of 9 to 12 year olds, what do you like most about your mother and what do you like least about your mother? Now, the most question was answered in lots of different ways. There were Lots of things that kids noted that this is the thing I like most about their mother. But there was almost a universal response to the thing they liked least about their mother. And that, and that, that was when my mom yells at me, interestingly enough. It, we yell because it's effective. At least it's effective early on. But the more you do it, the less effective it becomes. And honestly, anger has this tendency and yelling has this tendency to alienate us from the people that we love. And when it talks about our families and it talks about here about those who provoke their families, he, he, he talks about it, it's foolish to do that. And we do it. So we have to consider the consequences. When I get angry, I need to understand there are going to be consequences to this. The second thing is really, really important. I've got to reflect before I react. I've got to consider uh, before I respond. I don't want to just fly off the handle. Look at the verse. A fool expresses all his emotions, but a wise person controls them. This is a little, um, this is a little thing that Solomon does. He compares and contrasts. A fool does it this way, a wise person does it this way. He, hey, there are two ways you can go about this. I think he does it so you can figure out which camp you fall in. If I find myself expressing all my emotions, if I find myself flying off the handle, if I find myself just responding without thinking, then I'm probably in the fool category. But if I can control my response, then I'm in the wise category. I think it was Thomas Jefferson who said, if you're angry, count to ten. If you're really angry, count to 100. But it's not just counting, because you can, I can wait and still get mad. I can get madder, actually, if I don't consider the consequences. And if I don't think through, okay, what is this going to look like if I just say something? 
what we really have to understand, this is a huge point, is that anger is a choice. How many of us have been in a heated conversation? Uh, we're annoyed or we're angry or whatever, and all of a sudden our phone rings. What do we do? We're mad, we're mad, our phone rings, and we say, hello? You know, all of a sudden it's like we're pleasant. We're unpleasant until our phone rings. Hello? It's the same thing, like you could be arguing on the way to church. You're in the car, you're arguing, arguing, you know, I can't believe we had to go back because you thought you left the stove on, you know, I can't believe we're late again, I can't believe blah, blah, blah. And you pull into the driveway and it's almost like this is the magic kingdom. Everybody gets all settled, you get out of your car, hello Miss Ashley, here's our lovely little child that only three seconds ago I was yelling at. Uh, it's kind of how it, we, we, we control it. We say stuff like, you make me so angry. Well, now really no. You choose. It's your choice whether you're going to be angry or not. When a fool is annoyed, he quickly lets it be known. He quickly lets it be known. Smart people will ignore and insult. I love this, this saying, calm waters run deep, but a small pot boils quickly. My, my wife is the calmest person I've ever met. People have always often asked me, how, do, how is it we've moved a lot? You know, we've gone to different places. And how is it, how have the moves been for your kids and that kind of thing? It's like, the moves are good for my kids because Miriam is calm about the moves. It, she just makes it easy for all of us. And if you find yourself, every little thing setting you off, you hit, need to hit a reset button because every little thing shouldn't set us off. The other night I couldn't sleep, and so I got up probably 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I'm, I'm clicking through some channels, and I found wrestling. Don't admit it if you watch it, but my word, please, uh, don't watch it. Um, here's what I noticed about, because I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to tell you what happens. Uh, I watched about five minutes of it. Wrestling, in my mind, is about 40% posturing, 40% uh, insults, and 20% actually wrestling. I, I, I got so tired of hearing them talk, I just like, hit, hit them. You know, it's like, just start hitting each other. This is boring. Um, and, and our life, a lot of times, we just, we're annoyed by everything. Everything sets us off. Uh, every little insult, every little something just has this tendency to, to, to get us fired up. One of my all-time favorite Proverbs is Proverbs 19.11. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Best one ever at this was Jesus. Now, it's not as if Jesus ever never got mad. Jesus got mad. He got mad when he saw religious people treating other people as not as good. Jesus was insulted didn't get mad. Jesus was lied about, didn't get mad. Jesus was belittled, didn't get mad. Jesus was falsely accused. He's on trial. There are people there falsely accusing him. Jesus didn't even speak. In fact, Herod said, why are you not talking? Why are you not defending yourself? If there was ever an example of somebody who was able to, it was to their glory to overlook an offense, it was Jesus. And don't you strike it, doesn't it strike you as odd that two people can be in similar situations and one of them sort of rolls with the punches and the other one just can't handle it? These are the choices that we make. A lot of times it's just a matter of looking at things differently. 
The other day I was late. I was driving somewhere. I was late for an appointment or late to get someplace. I, I, that makes me frustrated a little bit. I was a little bit nervous, a little anxious about it. And a little old lady pulled out in front of me and went slow. Now, she didn't make me late. I was already late. She made me late-er. But is that her fault or my fault? If I had been on time... She would have pulled out in front of somebody else, not me, right? That's really not her fault. And then I got to thinking, I've got an 86-year-old mother who lives in Kentucky, and she'll be watching this video. I love you, Mana. And she drives her car sometimes, and it's probable, um, perhaps, maybe Mana has at some time in her life pulled out in front of somebody and made them slow down. I've got a mother like this little lady who's in front of me, and this lady in front of me probably has kids, and she's got some sons or daughters someplace, and they wouldn't want me. I don't want anybody yelling at my mom. I don't want anybody blowing the horn at my mom. I don't want anybody gesturing rudely at my mother. I don't want them getting up on her back bumper and trying to make her all nervous. I'm not going to do that. It's all a matter of perspective. Look, she didn't do that intentionally. This little old lady wasn't parked there on the side of the street and looking for somebody that looks nervous, and then she pulled out in front of me. She didn't you know, calculate, hey, who can I really annoy today? She's, just, she's doing life. It's all a matter of perspective. What am I going to allow to get under my skin? Is it really a big deal? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Is this really a big deal? Because every minute I'm angry is 60 seconds of potential happiness I'm losing. And the Lord doesn't want us to live mad all the time. We... We're living in a chaotic world where everybody's ticked off about everything. And I don't think that's the way the Lord wants us to live life. So we have to kind of calm ourselves. Not every fight is worth fighting. George Patton was this great leader in World War II, and he said, Wars are not won by fighting battles. Wars are won by choosing battles. Never, he, he one time said, never get into a fight where you don't gain anything by winning. Some of us just want to fight. We just want to fight all the time. Everything is a big, oh, hairy battle, and it just doesn't have to be. Proverbs 17, the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint. Sometimes we make this calculation that we're going to express ourselves when we don't have all the information. That's one of the most discouraging things about social media is something will happen and then people feel like they have to comment immediately before all the information is out. The more you understand, the more understanding you have. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint and whoever has understanding is even tempered. The more you know, the more you can kind of figure things out. So, when I'm angry, it's important that I analyze what's causing this. In my car, I've got a, a little light that comes on when, you do too, uh, when my gas is low. You know, it's like a little, ga it's a little, a little gas, um, little pumping station. What's that called? Um, what? Gas, it's not a gas tank, it's a gas, gas pump. Thank you. Paul, coming through. You want to finish for me, bro? Uh, you know, thank you. Uh, gas pump. And... The little, it's yellow in my car, it's probably yellow in your car, and it comes on, and that tells me I've got two gallons left or whatever. I think normally it's about 50 miles you can go on most cars. And that is really frustrating to me. 
Because sometimes I've got places to go, people to see, things to do. That little yellow light is messing up my flow. So, what would you say if I said, I have a solution for this problem. I'm going to get some black electrical tape and I'm going to stick it on my dash right where that light comes on. Now I'll never have to deal with it again. You would say, that's stupid. Because it is stupid. Because the light isn't the problem. Anger isn't the problem. It's an indicator of a problem. Something's going on in your life that's causing this anger. And really, the wisest thing you can do is, let's make an assessment. Okay, the warning light of anger has come on in my life. What's causing this? Now, what I found is it's usually one of three things. Sometimes it's because I'm hurt. I, I could be hurt physically. Look, the older I get, the, the longer it takes to get over stuff. If I fall down or if I, uh, if I actually do something physical, which is horrible, uh, like if I lift something, you know, uh, I lift something heavy, my back hurts, my shoulders hurt. Uh, that's why I have sworn off work. Uh, really, I just don't even want to do that anymore because stuff hurts. And here's what I notice about myself. When I physically don't feel well, or if I have a headache, or something like that, when I'm hungry, or hangry, then I, I have a tendency to get angry. And so I have to, alright, am I hurt? Am I hurt emotionally? Has somebody hurt my feelings? That's a big one for me. Somebody said something that hurt my feelings. I have to realize, okay, that's, that's the cause. Anger isn't the issue. What's causing the anger? Sometimes it's frustration. I'm frustrated with the situation. I love home improvement stuff. I love to do stuff around my house. I don't want to call anybody because I don't want to pay anybody. I want to try it myself. Here's the beauty of YouTube. You can find out how to do anything on YouTube. If you all need brain surgery, I can do it. I'll watch a YouTube video, and you can buy stuff everywhere. I can do it. I can try it. You may never walk again, but I'll give it a go. But here's the deal. I love those home improvement stuff, but here's the thing. It rarely goes the way you think it's going to go. Uh, hardly any project goes as quickly as it's supposed to. So, uh, I can get mad about it, and I do sometimes. I'm like, I can't believe this didn't work. Uh, or, if you're like me, sometimes it didn't work, and I have to go watch another video, and it's like, that guy, the first video was stupid, and I have to do it all over again. I, I get all that. The other day, in fact, it was yesterday, yesterday, I circled it in my calendar, I had two things going on at my house that I, I fixed first time. I know. I, I mean, it's like, now I may go, one of them was water, and I may go in like after church and be flooded. But, but, uh, but knock on wood, yesterday it seemed to work. But frustration with stuff that doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. You, you may know this old story, but there's a guy on the side of the road, and he had an old lawnmower, one of those pull cord lawnmowers, and and he's got a for sale sign on it. And the preacher stops uh, and he, he talks about the you know, lawnmower. And he sells it. It's pretty cheap. You know, preachers are cheap. And so he buys it pretty cheap. And he said, well, I, he gives him the money. He said, I, I probably ought to see if it'll start. And he pulls the cord three or four times. It doesn't even sputter. It doesn't even act like it's going to start. And he looks at the guy selling the lawnmower. And he says, well, is this thing going to start? And the guy said, well, preacher, you're going to have to kick it and you're going to have to cuss it. That's what it takes. You've got to kick it and cuss it. That's all it'll take to start that lawnmower. And the preacher said, I- I'm a preacher. I haven't cussed in years. He said, keep pulling that cord. It'll come back to you. Uh, uh, 
we could get frustrated and we get angry when we get frustrated. And the third one is sometimes I get scared. I'm just scared that things aren't going to go the way I think they ought to go. If you back an animal in a corner, they, they get defensive. A few months ago, we had a squirrel in the attic, and I went up there. Man, they are, they're like demon-possessed. And, and I went up, and I got kind of close to it, and it, it kind of hissed at me. and looked like it was going to jump on me, and I backed out. I sent Miriam in to try to take care because, uh, like, I'm going to be on that. Um, some animals, you know, rear up rhinos. They'll charge you if, if you uh, get them agitated and they, they feel threatened. They'll charge. Some people are like that. They'll charge at you. Other people are more like a porcupine. They, they kind of curl up. They're passive-aggressive. They curl up. They show their quills. They try to inflict a little pain, but they're doing, they do it passively. It's all, it's all about being scared. There's this great psychologist. His name is uh, Alfred Adler, and he said, people with overactive tempers are often simply insecure. Just insecure. They're just, they're just scared. And so when I find myself, when the light of anger comes on on the dashboard of my life, I have to consider, I have to figure out, okay, what's the cause of that? Is it because I'm hurt? Maybe I don't feel good. Maybe someone hurt my feelings. I'm really, really frustrated with the situation. Maybe I'm just scared. Because then I can deal with it. I don't have to just spout out. I don't have to say something I'm going to regret later. Which is the third thing. I've got to watch my words. Look at what the Bible says here. If you, if you want, some of us need this tattooed on our forearms. If you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. That, that's a good one. That's a good one. If you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. I, I like this little saying, a sharp tongue is the quickest way to cut your own throat. It really is. It really is. Good grief, we can get in so much trouble. Here's the problem with anger for me. When I get angry, I am brilliant. I am like the Shakespeare of sarcasm. I mean, I come up with stuff. I am the Walt Whitman of wit. Uh, I, I come up with brilliant stuff to say. The problem is, I don't want to say it if I'm trying to stay out of trouble. If I want to stay out of trouble, I've got to be careful with what I say. And the Bible constantly talks about that. It's this whole notion of we reap what we sow. Look at this one. Look at this verse. A gentle answer, that you're sowing gentle answers, turns away wrath. If I sow the seed of a gentle answer, uh, I turn away wrath. However, however, a harsh word stirs up anger. You, you want to foment anger, just be angry. If you, if you want to receive anger, be angry. If you want to I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'm El Presidente of my homeowners association. I don't know if I, if I mentioned that, I really am. Um, I have no idea why I took that position, and uh, it's just really interesting because my homeowners association is the same as a church. It's like people, and they all they have they complain about each other. That's what the, home, the homeowners association. A president's job is to field complaints. That's what we do. It's like, why? Who? Somebody should have told me that. That's not in the job description. That's the whole. That's a whole job. And you you deal with people. And the other day, this one guy wanted to be mad at his neighbor, not me. He just wanted to be mad. And he's well, thirty. This, 
I am not even, I am not even making this up. This is, I, I had this conversation yesterday. 35 years ago, so-and-so said such-and-such. Such. It's like, and I'm just standing there like this, like, and, and he's, he is ranting. And then he says to me, you don't really care about that, do you? It's like, I really don't. We've got a situation I have to take care of now. And I know that you know, 33 years ago or 35 years ago, that was, that was a deal. And I, I know it was a deal. But I wasn't here, and i got a problem now. Let's figure out how to take care of this problem, this now problem. Because can't, we can't fix 35 years ago. I just can't fix that for you. People have this tendency to want to be mad. Would you want to be mad for 35 years about something? I mean, good grief. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, that is a long time to hold on to a grudge. A long time. And here's something really scary about this. Our kids learn this from us. They're watching us. I'll be driving in the car and Elise, my 14-year-old, is with me. And like again, the other day, the little old lady pulled out in front of me and Elise says, I didn't say anything. Elise says, come on. And it's like, that's what her mother says. Uh, you know, it's like, it's what Miriam says that stuff. Here's what we have never done. I have never said to Elise, I've ta- I've, I'm teaching her to drive while she's not even driving. It's 14. But I'll say, all right, Elise, when we come up to this intersection, what do you do? And she'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Or uh, did you see what I did right here? Or watch what I'm going to do here because this is what you do in this situation. I'll do that sometimes. I have never one time said to her, when somebody pulls out in front of you, go, come on. I don't have to teach her that because she's watching and she sees it. Our kids are watching us. There's a golfer by the name of Tommy Volt, and he's a professional golfer, and he was running a clinic one time. He had his kid with him, 12, 13-year-old kid, son. And he was going to show off. He said, son, show him what I taught you. And the kid pulled a nine-hour out and threw it in the lake. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, what do you do when the warning light of anger comes on? Well, we got some options. you got some options. You don't really want to repress it. Stuffing it inside, just when you stuff it, uh, your, your stomach keeps score. I mean, that's how you get ulcers and really repressing it isn't the answer. But neither is just saying something, just expressing it. I'm just going to get it off my chest. Well, no, 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 no. There's a third way. This is the way the Bible recommends, and it's called confessing it. It's not that you've done anything wrong. You just confess to the Lord, hey, there's some stuff going on. The the book of Psalms is a lot of David saying, God, I'm really ticked off right now. Let me show you a verse. I I couldn't even believe this was in Scripture the first time I read it. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. You can pray this too, just so you know. Break the teeth of the wicked. My, my Aunt Blanche used to say, that's not very Christian. Uh, that's not, it's like, can that even be in the Bible? Here's what I love about God. I love about the Bible. David was called a man after God's own heart. I really do believe it was because he could just be honest with God. We, we, we try to, you know, sugarcoat everything. Lord, my neighbor's dog is barking, and this is annoying to me. Uh, David would pray, Lord, strike that dog dead. I, you know, it's kind of like, uh, uh, I love David's honesty. 
It's like he's just honest about stuff. Lord, break the jaw, smack him in the jaw and break the teeth. Come alive, hallelujah. I mean, I love the way, and this, isn't, this is mild compared to some of the stuff David prays. And he doesn't just express it, and he doesn't you know, stuff it, doesn't repress it. He confesses it. God, this is, this is how I feel. And I'm going to let you deal with it. You see, we, we love verses like this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We love that. I brought a Capri Sun today because I, I knew I would get a little thirsty. And, um, but here's the thing about the Capri Sun. If you've ever used one of these, it's got this little speary straw, and there's a little hole right there, and you stick it in there. And then whatever you squeeze, when you squeeze, whatever's inside comes out. Fruit punch. In your life... When you get squeezed, whatever's in there comes out. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you get squeezed, when life squeezes you and this comes out, that's the fruit of the Spirit. But if what you're finding is when life squeezes you, it's not these things that are coming out, then it's probably time to do a little work. Our temper is often controlled by the tension in our life. Too many of us are like a, a pot on a stove that's filled to the top, and it doesn't take much heat for us to boil over. It just doesn't take much heat because we're stressed about everything. And that verse that, where David just confesses his the- feelings to the Lord, look, not every fight is your fight. Not every problem is your problem. Not every issue is your issue. There are times where we simply have to say, Lord, this is really annoying me, but I can't do anything about it. So I'm going to offload this. I'm going to kind of empty this out of my pot. I'm going to offload this to you. And I'm going to ask you to handle it for me. I'm going to ask you to deal with this. Just like David said, smack him in the jaw and knock out the teeth. Lord, will you handle this for me? Because I don't know what to do here. And it's causing me to boil over. And the warning light of anger is all over me. Because once we offload some of that stuff, then the Lord can fill us with this stuff. If I can offload some anger, if I can offload some, some of the tension in my life. See, God can't fill us with love, joy, peace, patience, etc. because we're full of other stuff. Anger and tension and stress, worry. But the fruit of the Spirit isn't anger and tension and stress and worry. It's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness. You've got to offload so God can onload. Which would you rather be full of? It's really it's your choice. My choice. Which would I rather... Be full of. I want to go back because this is kind of becoming my, my favorite proverb. Those with good sense are slow to anger, and it is to their glory to overlook an offense. There was a guy by the name of Michael 
Ramsden, and he had a colleague who did a kind of an exercise with a group. And the group, he said, hey, what I want you guys to do is close your eyes and visualize peace. Visualize being in peace, an environment of peace. And so he gave them time to think about it. And maybe this is an exercise you want to do when you go home. Uh, just sit down and uh, where, how would it be? What would peace look like for me? So the question was, what does peace look like for you? And people gave their answers. Some people said, you know, it's uh, a field of flowers or it's walking through the forest or it's looking at a snow-capped mountain or it's walking on the beach next to the ocean and just hearing the waves and the wind. And he made an observation that was really interesting to me. Everybody who answered the question, what does peace look like for you, answered in a way where it didn't involve other people. <laughs> it was never uh, Thanksgiving dinner. It, it wasn't hanging out with my spouse. Because dealing with people is sometimes quite difficult. Dealing with life can be quite difficult. And in some of these messages, in fact, I think all of them, we've been giving you a little bit of homework. So the homework for this one is this. There's a chance this week something might cause you to become angry. So what I want you to do this week, you're going to make an analysis. You're going to think to yourself, all right, the, the warning light of anger has come on in my heart. I'm, I'm a little ticked here. I'm, I'm getting a little agitated. I'm going to make an analysis. The pastor was brilliant Sunday and he told me to do this. And so is it because I'm hurt? Is it because I'm frustrated? Is it because I'm scared? What is the cause of my anger, because I don't have to be angry. Anger is a choice. I don't have to respond that way. And I, I'm going to remember that it's to my glory to overlook an offense. And I'm going to analyze this. And then I'm going to offload. I'm going to confess it. Lord, this is really, really disturbing me. Here's how I'm feeling. Can, we, can you help me? This is your homework this week. If you get angry, hopefully that won't happen to you, but it might. If you get angry, then you're going to make an analysis and you're going to confess it. And you're going to remember this verse, Proverbs 19.11. It's a good one. You can go there anytime you want to. It's there for all of us, anytime. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I'm thankful that 3,000-year-old wisdom is still applicable today. Help us to utilize it and use it in our lives so that we might become like Christ, who, though insulted, who, though falsely accused, was able to not respond in anger. He is a great role model for us. Help us to develop that kind of skill in our lives. We pray it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.